The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Hude. And man, what a rough start to the season. Zim kind of predicted this potentially as a worst-case scenario, 0-4. And, and now we're here. What what should we start with first, Zim? So I've been thinking about this long and hard. I'm very, very glad that you guys are even clicking this. I'm very, very appreciative that you all are still interested in anyone's thought on this team after a performance like that Monday night. If you all are not aware or if you cut the game off, the Bengals lost to the Steelers on Monday night football for their, I believe, their seventh straight primetime loss, um, 23-7. to I would have went off. If we had that right after the game, I've had some time to sit back, get my thoughts together, and realize that let's lower the expectations, everyone. (laughs) And I hate to say that because I preach nothing but winning, winning mentality, stuff like that. And it's just time to kind of, like, look at this from different perspectives. And I want to know, like, long-term, before we even start talking about the game, Ace, I know I have my, my thoughts. What do you think are, like, some impact moves that you think the Bengals could make? Because we got all the time in the world to talk about the game. Okay. Judging judging off of what you see, I just want to get right to the, like, meat and potatoes of this. What is, is like, some impact things that you could say if you had a bulleted list right now that you think could fix this or prepare for the future? I think it starts off with the top of the list, which – a lot of Bengals fans, it's always, you know, a heated a heated debate about this. But I think that the last game pretty much closed the door on Andy Dalton as the quarterback for this team. So with that being said, the first move is that you draft the quarterback. I think it's pretty obvious, right? Uh, you have to start there. Uh, outside of that, you also have to try to fix the offensive line which I think not continuing with Andy Dalton allows that money to open up for us to have some cap flexibility, uh, being that they already have cap room now. But 
it just gives you a lot more flexibility to rebuild this roster uh, as we see fit. I think uh, certain moves need to happen, uh, most notably outside of Andy Dalton. You need to move on from Drake Kirkpatrick. Uh, You need to figure out how to fix what is wrong with the secondary as well. Uh, I think that you need to determine if the defensive coordinator that we currently have in Lou Anarumo is the guy. Um, if he is, then you continue with him. But I think you also have to keep an eye on the market, uh, especially with Min- with the Minnesota Vikings struggling right now. If Mike Zimmer is there, you have to go after him. And there's going to be a ton of people he- knocking on his door for a defensive coordinator position, possibly still another head coaching position. So I think that that's another way that you could impact this team from a defensive standpoint. Man, I'll take him as a head coach right now. <laughs> Exactly. I would, exactly. I would. I would take him as a head coach right now because I don't think you would. I, I don't think you would see what you saw on Monday night. I feel like Zach for the first time ever. The honeymoon period I told you was over last week. Right. Right. I mean, I. That's. I mean, I think he's in over his head a little bit because I mean, if you're banking on your offensive mind or offensive genius, I mean, you want to talk about like pure deflation. To, how about to go down 21, 24 points or whatever it is, and you're now running the ball at the end of the game because you just don't even have any more cards to play because you're pretty much just saying there's like eight, nine minutes left in the game. You're pretty much saying that I don't have enough willpower, I don't have enough brain power to draw anything that can save this offensive line. When we, got, when we had Laser and we had all these different guys coming in here, they were getting the ball out quick. I was so mad at the TV screen. And I and I get it now. I get why they just – I was like, wow, we can't just always get the ball out quick every time. They got to protect – no. It is very, 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 very clear to me. This offensive line is atrocious to the point where I don't think it's safe to even drop back Andy Dalton. I don't even know why Andy Dalton was even in at the end of that game. Like, right. if you're preserving for your future or anything like that, even if you think you're going to trade him, like, right. that's an asset that I don't even want to get hurt. And, and on the last three hits that I saw him get hit, they were brutal. That was the first time I actually felt so bad for Andy Dalton that all of my – I started to rethink about my whole process. And, and I do think that Andy Dalton should get moved. But And I've always felt like that. So, you know, that wouldn't change. But I, I finally felt for the first time like, man, I, I think I'm underselling how bad the organization has failed him for him to be an average quarterback in the NFL, for him to be Matt Ryan, for him to be Jared Goff. He could be that, but this organization is not giving him the tools to do it. Right. I think I think you make a very good point there. And I think uh I think uh Zach Taylor does play a role in that because he made the decision to try to part ways from Frank Pollock, which was another huge I think decision. Huge mistake. Huge, huge mistake. mistake. And brought huge in Jim mistake. Turner and Jim Turner is at fault as well, so I think they need to look at the offensive line coaching as well. Uh, but this is what I'm going to say about the offensive line. Uh, I, I agree with you that they haven't done the best to try to set Andy Dalton up for success. However, I think that they have at least tried, right? So they made the fatal mistake of allowing Andrew Whitworth to leave, allowing Kevin Zeitler to walk, but they tried to – and essentially fix the position, right? So they yes. drafted they drafted a Billy Price. Uh, they drafted a Jonah Williams this year. They traded for Cordy Glenn. 
Yeah. Uh, so these yeah. were moves that they've they've actually tried to fix the line. The issue is these guys, you know, have gotten hurt. So they've gotten hurt. Billy Price hasn't worked out, and you're stuck with a bad line. The biggest, the biggest, uh, the worst move that they made was re-signing Bobby Hart and assuming that Bobby Hart was going to be good enough to be a starting right tackle in the NFL after coming off of a season where they revamped the offense, brought in a new offensive line coach, and he still gave up 10 sacks. So you knew what you were going to get there. So instead of going after some of the better free agent tackles, they decided to go with Bobby Hart and ended up cashing them out. The only good thing is that they actually have an out at the end of this first year. So if they do want to move on away from him, then they can. But I think that it goes with the front office. I think another thing is that I'm not I'm not going to be quick to jump on Zach because I feel Tobin. like they kind of bamboozled him. Tobin definitely bamboozled him. I think that Andy Dalton was a part of coming in here and taking this job. Like, they weren't going to hire you unless you were good with Andy Dalton being your quarterback. And to me, I feel like as a new head coach, you've got to be able to have the opportunity to go and get your guy. Now, with that being said, I still feel like Andy Dalton was not the guy for the Bengals. And we've looked at a lot of things. We thought that it was Marvin Lewis. We thought that uh, it was the front office, which I think those are valid. But part of that makes two of things that haven't changed is Andy Dalton. And I understand that he got sacked eight times. I, I understand that. I understand our offensive line is trash. I understand that. <laughs> but early in in the beginning of the game, there were times, and I think it was outside of the first drive where he got sacked on third down, there were times where he could have made plays, and there were times where there wasn't pressure in his face. One that sticks out to me was a third down that he threw into the ground where the receiver was wide open. Um, and those three and outs just kind of, in a sense, have become the norm for this team, where you go out there, you get all these three and outs, the defense holds, the defense holds, eventually they get tired, eventually the time of possession swings to the the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had about four or five opportunities, in my opinion, to put up points where they should have had at least 20 points before the Steelers got their first touchdown. So, for me, it's a multitude of things. It's a bad offensive line bunched with a quarterback who cannot raise the level of play around him. Uh, a lot of people talk about the sacks and things of that nature, and the one thing that I say is a lot of people are like, oh, well, you have to have an offensive line or else you cannot be a good quarterback in this league. And I keep pointing to the case in point of Deshaun Watson. And what's interesting is everyone's like, oh, you, you could, know, you could go work. Russell you could go Russell Wilson in that same – the point that you're about to make, you could say Russell right. Wilson, you could say Aaron Rodgers. You could name a lot of players that aren't even – you could name quarterbacks, but generally they're elite. There are right. quarterbacks, though. But finish your thought, though, because I think I know where you're going. And, and the reason that I bring up Deshaun Watson, because when you bring up Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, people are going to try to counter that point with, oh, well, you know, those guys are a dime a dozen. We never had the opportunity to draft them. We had the opportunity to draft Deshaun Watson, and we passed on him. And the, the interesting thing is when you look at the numbers, I hear all of this pressure, pressure this, pressure that. Pressure is more than just sex. Well, last year, Deshaun Watson was the number one pressure quarterback in the NFL. There's other and, guys and, like Philip Rivers year, as well. 
And this year, I showed a stat, too, where Andy Dalton coming into uh, Monday night's game was the fifth lowest uh, pressure quarterback in the NFL. He actually exactly. had more He actually had more time than anyone. Now, this game was totally different. But, but I say that to say this. So, Deshaun Watson, like Andy Dalton has been sacked 19 times this season, right, eight sacks in one game. Deshaun Watson has been sacked 18 times this season. However, the Texans are 2-2. Exactly. The Texans are 2-2, and and Watson has had a quarterback rating of 99.1. He's also thrown six touchdowns and one interception. Dalton is 0-4, has thrown five touchdowns and four interceptions, and has a quarterback rating of 82.2. This is where I get into a lot of people using the offensive line as a crutch. doesn't work for me because there's other quarterbacks who have faced similar circumstances. And you could even make an argument that Deshaun Watson only has DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have a Joe Mixon. He doesn't have a John Ross. He doesn't have a Tyler Boyd. He doesn't have a a Tyler Eifert. He's got Mm -hmm. less weapons, and he's playing better. Mm -hmm. And and less less time. We're talking about a nine-year quarterback versus a guy been in the league three, four years. Exactly. Exactly. So that's where people lose me with the – well, he's not going to do anything because the offensive line is bad. And that's the difference between an Andy Dalton and a Deshaun Watson is there are certain guys that when things around them are not ideal, not perfect, they still do not let it affect their play. Now, Deshaun Watson, he didn't have the greatest game on Sunday, but they were still in the game, and they still have a shot at the playoffs. And this was a guy that was in a similar situation being 0-3 last year, starting off that season and ending that season 11-5. and five. So when people tell me that Andy Dalton isn't part of this problem, that to me is an excuse. And one thing that I can't stand with this organization and this team from our fan base is that we make too many excuses for why we aren't where we should be at. That's yes, the good. offensive line is bad. Yes, the, fr- the front office isn't doing their thing. But you're going to have to put Andy Dalton into that category, and that's where I'm at with Andy Dalton. Go ahead, Zim. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, you made so many different points, and I wanted to let you get your thoughts off. So I'm hoping you said uh, as much as you can say, whatever. But let, let me go into when I when I first phrased the question in long term, right? 
because based on the game, we're seeing a lot of players that were not inherited from Zach Taylor. Nick Nick Vigil misses two uh, big tackles. Preston Brown looks super slow. Um, there were so many different uh, – you, you mentioned Drake Kirkpatrick. His contract is over, um, I think, next year, but they, they can get out of the contract at the end of this year. So he'll be gone. Don't worry about that one if the front office has sense. But this is what I was trying to say. I asked you that question because ultimately this. This was a project that was presented to Zach Taylor as, hey, can you work with the guys that we currently have? If the answer is no after four games, 0-4, oh, which I believe it's undoubtedly so, like, he cannot work with these players. You got to think, and, and I know a lot of people that don't I, – I just I challenge everybody to get your mindset into a winning attitude. Think about what would the Patriots do. Think about, like, think about how the, the bad the Patriots were when I, were when I was in the 90s. Like, the Patriots were worse than the Browns. But what they did at one point is decide – and it doesn't involve tanking like the Dolphins are as an extreme case, which is crazy because the Bengals are absolutely, I think, currently right now today worse than the Dolphins, and they aren't trying to tank, which is insane. <laughs> but um, I say that to say this. This is not extreme thought patterns to say this. You are currently playing. You did a project. It didn't work. The players that you paid that much money to before this trade line goes, they have to get outside of their comfort zone and do what they don't do, and that's get on the phone line. Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, A.J. Green, Andy Dalton have to be moved. And I know that sounds really, really crazy to a lot of people, but in order for this to work, you have to inherit the New Day mantra. You have to inherit what it takes when you're saying, we want to take the next step to be better. And the only way you could do that is freedom. How do you get freedom? Money. Money frees up your thought patterns. It frees up the moves that you can make. You have to move on from these aging players. They have six or seven guys that take up so much cap space on this team that now you can you, – you now you know the answer now. Don't wait till you get 0-7, 0-8, get past the trade down line and try to figure out what to do with these guys. There are teams like the Chiefs that would, would, would grab Geno Atkins up right now, done like whatever, and you might not get what you thought you could. But if you wait, you won't get anything. If you wait till he's 33, 34, you won't get anything. And if you know that you cannot win right now, what are you doing with a brand-new coach trying to push a square circle through a square peg or whatever the concept or term is that is used in that? I was so against the whole A.J. Green thing getting moved before this season started, but it is unfair. It is It, it makes no sense at all. It, it, there's no argument to me to keep any of those guys now after what I saw on Monday Night Football. And I know that sounds very, very extreme to a lot of people. The only person I probably could see them kind of keeping along, like that, that gets paid at that level, is maybe A.J. Green. But that would be like what you're going to see coming up Sunday where you got an aging veteran, Larry Fitzgerald, working with a bunch of rookie people, I mean rookie uh, wide receivers, just giving them knowledge. Not You're not trying to outperform other teams with that. That's that's one concept that I've kind of gone over my head like, yeah, he'd be a great mentor for everybody. But if you're a real fan of A.J. Green, do you really want to see him? Like, look at Larry Fitzgerald right now. 0-4. 
on a on a Cardinals team with another coach that probably shouldn't be an NFL coach right now. I'm not saying that Zach Taylor is not head coaching material, but I don't believe he's head coaching material right now. And I think they jumped the gun on that thing. And the thing that that compares the '90s with currently right now is that the the Bengals were going through a bunch of head coaches like crazy. And it and it takes time like that. You might have to do that with quarterbacks too. That's why I I, had, I wrote an article one time for Locked On Bengals where I'm saying you should be drafting a quarterback every other year. And people were like, well, if you got your guy, then no. The the Patriots still got Jacoby Brissett. The 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 Patriots still had Jimmy G drafted. You always are looking for a quarterback in the event of an injury in case anything happens. And that was my biggest concern with the whole Andy Dalton project. Because right now at 0-4, had you drafted some of these guys like a uh, like a um a Haskins or something like that, even though Haskins looked horrible on Sunday, you at least have legitimate assets and competition behind them to build up what you could say is your your future foundation. Currently, as as it stands right now, it's so hard for me to look at the team from a week-to-week basis because I'm already thinking about the offseason. And I know that's terrible because they're 0-4. Think about this. I got to go to a, a Rams game in London. You think I'm about to sit in there for a whole game of that? For four <laughs> quarters? I'm going to go, go get my, my crumpets and tea? And then I'm gonna go sit through four quarters of that. Not happening. Two quarters I give them at most. If it looks anything like that, I don't care. That the greatest comeback of the century. I don't deserve that. No Bengals fan deserves any of that crap that you saw on Monday Night Football. And that starts from the coaching. That starts from the players and everything like that. I understand your your um your argument about the offensive line because I'm with you. They tried, right? But Dalton. To me, for the first time, I cannot pin that that on Dalton on Monday Night Football because that even the Pro Football Focus numbers say in the 14 years that they've been doing this, that was the worst offensive line performance since 2003 that they've ever recorded. Michael Jordan had a grade of 15. We're talking about on a scale from zero to 100. 15. Right. Dalton, yes, early on. Now, if you're going to talk about Dalton early on, too, think about this. Eifert dropped the touchdown pass. You know, like that's one thing where he put it right on the money. And and Dalton didn't do what it took to elevate a team. But I think Dalton did enough early on to make that game close, right? And that's that's what my expectations are for him. I'm never thinking that Dalton's going to elevate the team. But from an offensive line standpoint, that was the worst, most atrocious uh, thing I've ever seen in my life, and part of your your stuff makes sense where you're saying, yeah, they did try because I do believe it. But you notice the common thing: they played the Buffalo Bills last week. They should have went and got Todd Nasecki. They didn't go get him. As a result, we're watching a play on third and seventeen, and Todd Nasecki is blocking the hell out of uh, uh, who is that? Um, uh, Andrew Brown or whatever. Where everybody's like, it's holding. And all I'm thinking about is, damn, we should have got Todd Nasecki. But because. Right. Think about this. The Bengals did go get Bobby Hart, okay? They did go get John Miller. They did start Michael Jordan, you know? And then the only excuse that I can give them is Andre Smith at left tackle. But this is the point, though. Why would you even set him up for failure like that? That is failing him, failing the organization, the team, and everybody by even thinking that Andre Smith could even play left tackle. That is terrible for them. For anybody, right. Jim Turner, he should be fired just for starting Andre Smith. 
they should have did everything in their power if they do care about Andy Dalton to say, look, we're going to put all the chips on you, number 14, and I'm going to give you everything you can. Yeah, this, this didn't work out, this didn't work out, but we're going to go get another guy. We're going to run in guys every single week, and we're going to do trials, and we're going to get you a legit person that actually can play tackle. I'm watching people like Cam Fleming and all the guys in free agency that they let pass that got paid crumbs, like Ty Nasecki, and then you pay Bobby Hart all that money. You started Michael Jordan over – um, over Billy Price, who Billy Price looked terrible later on in the last drive as well. But these are their guys, though. And that's right. what scares me about the future, and that's why I asked that question. Dalton doesn't deserve this. The fans don't deserve this. If you want to realistically get on board with New Day, to me, you have to cash out. Go get me a second round for Dunlap. Go get me a second round for Geno. Go get me a second round for Dalton and possibly a first for uh, A.J. Green. You think that the Patriots don't want A.J. Green if they went and did all that to go get Antonio Brown? You think the Patriots won't give you a first? Or you think the Patriots – like, I'm not even going to go into all these scenarios. But the point is, why would you wait till these guys turn 34, 35 just so you could say what? You don't even have a ring of honor. So it's not even like these guys are getting their jerseys, like, hung up. Like, right. you're just wasting their years. So right. if you're going to get with this whole thing and get get the staff right and everything with Zach and give him a legitimate shot to say, hey, these are your guys and stuff like that, right. you got to make the moves now because right. it's over. We said that before the game the, see, the game started. It is over. You are 0-4. Right. No team goes to the playoffs off of that. And even if they did go to the playoffs, that's an automatic first-round exit in the the most miracle setting where they actually made the playoffs. There's no way that they can make the playoffs. They can't beat the Ravens in two weeks if they do cream uh, the Cardinals. I can't even look at their games and look at it from a week-to-week basis. I'm already looking at who do I keep, who do I let go, and I can't get my mind past it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. Uh, you made some very great points, especially with the offensive line. Um, and people are going to say, yeah, you know, Ace, you're not giving Andy a fair shot because his offensive line oh, is oh, Dalton, completely all trash. Right, all right, let, let me but, make that clear. But, hold Dalton's on. I got trash. one more. I have one last point to make on that because I know I'm going to get people Dalton's in the comments trash. talking about it. Let's get that clear. Dalton's <laughs> trash. All right. Definitely. I don't want, it, I don't want anybody Definitely. to think that I'm taking up for Dalton. I'm just saying on Monday night he didn't deserve that, and if he had a legit line, he would have played better. But he's trash, and he needs to go, and I've always said that. So don't think that I'm taking up for Dalton. If if this is your first time tuning in to me, no, he's trash. They ruined him. They fried his brain. He's gun-shy. He's jittery in the pocket, and he's no more. Sorry. Gotcha. So the last thing that I'll say is when we had Andrew Whitworth, when we had Kevin Zeitler, when we had a decent offensive line, what did he do with it? Absolutely nothing. You know, you talk about the Thursday night football game, the Browns game. You sent me that in a message and said, don't forget this. He has done absolutely nothing with this team. No playoff wins. Uh, When he's been in the postseason, I think it's like one touchdown and six interceptions. Andy Dalton is not winning you football games. He's not going to win you a playoff game. He's not going to win you a championship. And that's why – 
you have to make the move at quarterback. You talked about trades. What is the point of holding on to Andy Dalton at this point? Why not trade him right now to a team that might need a quarterback? There's going to be a team that's going to have a season-ending injury with some quarterback that they're going to need to bring a guy in. Why not have that guy be Andy Dalton? Why not? To me, I think that that's possibly your biggest chip is to trade Andy Dalton. Throw Ryan Finley in there. Me and you both don't think Ryan Finley is going to do anything. There's not really that much of a difference. He's not going to be the guy going forward next year. But what that allows you to do is, number one, get assets for Andy Dalton. Number two, see what Ryan Finley actually looks like. Number three, it allows you to complete your mission of tanking to end up with one of the top draft picks. Now, you talked about A.J. Green. The thing that that – that kind of Dun- and, 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 Dun- and Dunlap and Atkins. I want you to address those guys too. I just want to focus on AJ Green because he, to me, is cut a little bit from a different cloth in terms of those guys. And you made a great analogy with Larry Fitzgerald. He is really good friends with Larry Fitzgerald, and he wants his his career essentially to mirror something like Larry Fitzgerald. So for AJ Green, now his his uh, his. Uh, you know, his makeup might have changed, you know, given the current circumstances, but it's really big to him to want to only play for one team like Larry Fitzgerald. It's really big to him for his family to be happy, and they love Cincinnati. They love living there. They love the community. So A.J. Green might move a little different in terms of that. So from that perspective, I think you owe it to him if he wants to stay here to at least give him that other year to at least see next year if they do bring in a rookie quarterback, see if that improves things, and if not, by the end of his career, do what you did with Chad Johnson and Corey Dillon and trade him to the Patriots, ensuring that he will get a Super Bowl. He will end his career on the championship level. But I think with him it might be a little bit differently because he wants that whole thing of playing for one team. So I'm not sure where his head at. He you know that, that for a fact, though? You know well, that for a fact? From yesterday, Jim Oswarski, uh, who's moved on, who used to be with the Enquirer, moved on to Green Bay. There's been a lot of chatter of, hey, from, from the Green Bay fans and from the NFL in general, what's going on with A.J. Green? What's he, what is he thinking? He wants to get out of there. Jim Oswarski said this is clearly being uh, – statements are being made from people that don't know A.J. Green. He said, number one, A.J. Green loves Cincinnati. Him and his family both love it. Number two, uh, I can't can't recall everything exactly he said, but he said that he did not see A.J. Green wanting to be out of Cincinnati. It was basically what Jim Oswarski said. He was like, as a guy who's interviewed him, as a guy who knows A.J. Green, that is probably the last thing on his mind right now is leaving Cincinnati, which kind of shocked me, honestly, based off of obviously Um. the we saw his facial expression and things of that nature. So for Jim, for Jim, excuse me, to say that that kind of threw me off. But I mean, it depends. It depends where we are. I think, like you said, if they want to do a full rebuild, you you do have to look at those guys and say, if this isn't working, let's get these guys out of here. But do you do that, or do you go the Chiefs' way and keep those guys around? And just insert a new quarterback and fix the offensive line. That could be a quarterback. I, I mean, but but look at look at look at Kyler. To me, like you're looking at like you know like look at Kyler. You went and got a hot shot. 
head coach in over his head, kind of what I feel like Zach Taylor is currently right now. Because if right. he was legit, that wouldn't have looked like that to me. Like, right. I, 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 I'm not saying that he can't win here, but, right. like, that's what happens is you get a new quarterback sometimes and you got the same personnel and they still look trash as I don't know what, and you had the number one pick. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm saying to me, just from a business perspective, what sense would it make keeping these older guys that take up all this cap space that will have depleted value in a year or two from now? Like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense business wise like to keep that because their stock is slowly going down and down and down. Like every right. single time that they play and they're getting worn out because they're on the field so daggone much too. You know what right. I'm saying? Like you, like at what point are you going to say like you like this is this is my point. You got a nice core. You got a nice core with Hubbard, Lawson, and guys like that. If Lawson can stay healthy, or different people like that, like you, you have a nice core. So why does it make sense to keep these older guys? Like you're going to use Hubbard to usher in the new people and stuff like that. And right. and to me, it's not the it's not what the Dolphins are doing, where they're trying to create a whole new roster. But you're you need to fill in a lot of holes on this team. And the right. way that you can fill in a lot of holes on the offensive line is through free agency, which costs a lot of money. And right. the only way you can go get the money is to g- cut ties with some of these guys that just can't. Geno Atkins is amazing, and I'm not taking that away from him. But right. if, you, if you're if you really, really being realistic with yourself, the Bengals can't be good for another two years. Like, just good. Not even, you know, playoff, like, winning level. Just good. Two years right. to me, Right. By then, Geno Atkins is now, like, 33, 34 years old. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you depleted his value, and and it doesn't really do anything because then the performance is going to drop off a cliff because I'm already seeing it right now. I already feel like that right now. Um, But he still grades out really well, stuff like that. Same thing with Carlos Dunlap. Like, teams like the Chiefs and stuff like that, they would just – I feel like you could go get your value because those are teams that know that they can win a playoff game. Right. Right. Well, uh, that is all the time that we have for today. But obviously, with the season going on how it is, we'll have plenty of time to discuss our thoughts on what the Bengals should do moving forward Um, from a rebuilding standpoint, from a draft standpoint. um, Just want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe. We'll talk about a lot of things, and we'll give you our actual thoughts on what we think about the Bengals, the state of the Bengals, and things of that nature. So if you're riding with us, be sure to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast on all platforms. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify will be there. Um, You can also find myself, uh, New Stripe City, on YouTube. You can find Zim on Instagram, at Zim underscore Hooday. This is going to be it. This is going to be the ride. So, guys, (laughs) buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up. Buckle Buckle up. up. Because that that who they train is coming, and that thing is trying to crash. Boom. Exactly. Crash and burn. So we'll still be here for you guys. And it's always. I got to go to London to see this. I got to go to London to see this. King and Crumpets and L's. King Crumpets and L's. Yeah, I'll go to every restaurant or pub around there and ask them, hey, where do y'all serve L's at? Because that's where we'll get it. (laughs) They're going to be at Wembley Stadium Stadium on the Bengals side. <laughs> Lord, Lord, help us. Man, thank y'all for tuning in. Who there? Who there?